Have you had those moments where you felt like the moment was about you only to realize it was your talents and abilities that got you there, but maybe the results were from somebody else helping? Do you feel like what you are doing for God is not having an impact or recognition? Maybe you got to that point where you felt completely empty and dried up. Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. In this episode, I'm going to share how an image from an old movie about the desert revealed to me how God uses men and women throughout the Bible as a vessel for Him. This is the 318 Project, a guide to equip men through godly principles and develop as husbands, fathers, and sons. And now, your host, Ryan Hare. Hello, I'm Ryan Hare, and thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. Now, what is that feeling like, and how do we go through those moments? Well, we're not always in that time of how God uses us, that we feel like we're really worthy, or we're just at that point of it's all about us even. When we look at the Bible, there's a time when Jesus is ministering, and he talks about this living water. And it's representing him, but it's also representing the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're kind of getting into. And in John chapter 4, verses 7 through 15, Jesus spoke about this living water that he had to the Samaritan woman. And it is that same water that flows in those of us that are saved. Now it says in the verses, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Then later on in John chapter 7, Jesus says that we would have these rivers, these same rivers of living water flowing from our belly. In verses 37 through 39, It says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, 
Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit had yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Again, as we see, this is that representation of the Holy Spirit that is poured out in us and flows through us. As Jesus pointed this out, Jesus said that we as Christians would do greater things than he would, not because of our abilities and our powers and our strengths, but from the Holy Spirit working through us. We are the vessel. And that's what this is about, is us being this vessel, this willing vessel. But there's something that comes with the vessel. And that's what we're going to get into more in this episode as I'm discussing this of the vessel. We are that vessel, as I said. When the Holy Spirit moves through us to speak into someone or over them, such as prophesying or a message of tongues and interpretation, we are simply being that willing vessel. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, that Jesus told those that followed him to go to the upper room. And he said to them, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that is still going on today, that as we have the Holy Spirit in our lives and we are being that vessel that he speaks through us and that we can be those witnesses sharing the gospel in our communities, in our homes, in our churches, in our jobs. But then when we go out into those areas, when we go on mission fields or when we're talking to people in other areas, we're not just trying to stay isolated in one little area. He sent that gospel around the world. Now, going back to this vessel, what God showed me was a water canteen, you know, those round canteens that you get for camping. I remember having it for Boy Scouts. But the big part that I realize and remember from this and what God was showing me is how that canteen carries water that will refresh and bring life to a thirsty person. The same thing with us, if we're that vessel, and as we talked about earlier, as I shared with you, that we have that living water, those rivers of living water of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we are that vessel that has this fresh living water, which is the word of God, that we can share to the lost and thirsty world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, it says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. We then also see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, it says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And that's what God has for us. He wants us to be that vessel of honor that brings him joy to see how we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And again, it's not for us getting the glory. It's not for us being lifted up, but it's for God being lifted up. Even with the Holy Spirit, it's not about the Holy Spirit being praised. It is about the Holy Spirit bringing that glory and honor back to God the Father. Now, here is the interesting thing that I found as God was showing me this, that it is the water that brings life and gets the honor, as I'm saying, that God gets that honor, not the vessel. The same goes for you and me. It is Jesus who gets this glory and honor by the Holy Spirit working through us as that willing vessel. Now, like I said, thinking back, thinking back about these old Western movies or even some that were maybe in the desert, one of those just old movies, and you see the person is left out in the desert for whatever reason, and they're stranded, and they have that canteen of water, whether they were left there by an accident or on purpose by the villain, they were left with that one container, that one canteen of water. And at the moment when they started out, it was full. And it was great to them while there was water in there because it was providing them something to survive on. Because in the natural, our body can only survive so long without water. But in the movie, once the vessel, once that canteen ran dry, it became worthless to the person because there was nothing left in it to give them life and nourishment. Until they found, and a lot of times you'd see them just drop it and then just keep walking and staggering up the hills or through the desert, wherever it may be. But sometimes they may have held on to that till they found that well or an oasis or a water supply to refill. The same applies to us. While we have the spirit living in us to help us uplift others, we too need a refilling of the Holy Spirit to continue on and to refill our vessel so that we don't run dry and become worthless. Now, Jesus talked about that in the parable of the old wineskin. It talks about it in Luke chapter 5, verses 36 through 39. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment onto an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. When you look at this, and I've heard scholars say where they have talked to some of those that really did a lot of research with the Old Testament, New Testament, and things over there, that once that wine, once that that skin, that bladder of whatever they used to make that wine skin, that vessel that held the wine, once it became dried out, it was no good to a point. But 
if they took it, if they took that old wine skin and if they just simply put in new wine, like it says, like Jesus is sharing here in this parable, it would just bust it. And then you've got a, a broken vessel and that wine in water or whatever it was is now gone. But if they went in and they soaked it and could preserve it, they could renew that wineskin instead of having to create a new one. They could now have this wineskin or vessel holding the wine or water or whatever it may be. If they allowed that time to reabsorb and not be as dried out, now it was still usable. And that's the same thing with us. Many times we get to this point that we kind of feel like we're dried out. We don't know what to do, where to go. We just feel drained. And here's the other part that we sometimes see is that there are those that have this imitation of being beautiful and and being this great use of God, but they're good on the outside. In Matthew 23, Jesus even called out the Pharisees on that outer appearance. He says to them in verses 27 and 28 of chapter 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dry men's bones and all unclean. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And that's how we see sometimes. We, we wonder why people get hurt and discouraged because somebody may have come in and given them this gospel and condemned them to a point and made them have to feel like they had to live up to something. And it was not the true living water that was flowing through that person for the other person to receive that nourishment, that true wine, that true Holy Spirit. And again, it goes back to the Holy Spirit flowing in and through us that the world needs to see. We go back to the Old Testament, and there's different times in the scriptures that we see how the Holy Spirit is represented. We see how the Holy Spirit at times moved as the wind in the upper room. It says there was a mighty rushing wind. But then also there's that time of fire. Same time in the upper room, it said as cloven tongues of fire. We see how God even spoke to Moses in the burning bush through fire at these different times of the Holy Spirit. Then there's that time of the oil. The Holy Spirit is represented as that holy sacrament of oil and the anointing. But then also, as we've been discussing and and talking about of that water, and it's that baptism. Even in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was placed on men and women at special times to prophesy and speak judgment from God. In Ezekiel, God shows the prophet of an example of how the Holy Spirit can bring life to dead souls. And in chapter 37, God commands Ezekiel to speak to the valley of dry bones. And it is that time of speaking Again, that breath, that word of God, and it's the breath of God, that wind of the Holy Spirit that flows into that valley that we see these dry bones that have been dead come to life. 
And then in the New Testament, we see when Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples at the Last Supper, he begins to wash their feet. And in John chapter 13, verses 5 through 9, it says, After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had girded himself. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash your feet, you will have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And that's what I love about this, because the Holy Spirit gives us an unlimited supply source that never runs dry. But here's the big thing, and this is kind of where As I'm closing with this, we get to those moments that we become tired, discouraged, run down, overwhelmed, whatever it may be. But that is when we need to go back to the water source, ourself, to be refilled. Because through those times of us being that encouragement, being that one that ministers, as you see, as we have pastors and evangelists and, and those that minister, after a while, they, they, they're run down. Yes, God is still using them, but they need that time of refreshing, that, of you know, a break, you know, whether it's a vacation, but even just themselves getting that refilling of the Holy Spirit to continue on the calling that God has placed on them. But it's not just for those that we feel like are in that special area of ministers. It's for all of us because we as Christians, we are, again, we are those vessels that we are sharing the gospel around each and every one that is around us. Again, our families, our friends, our coworkers, whoever it may be, we are that vessel. And even through those times that we become emptied from us pouring out to others, we have to get that refilling from a water source. And that was the thing in the movies when that person finally did find, say, an oasis or a well or whatever the water source supply was, once they found it, you know, they come running to it and they would just drink as much as they could to get refreshed and and get that strength back. And you could just see the life coming back into them of being refreshed with this living water going through their body. And then they would also refill that canteen if they still had it. They would refill it for the rest of the journey they had to continue on. And that's the way it is for us, that once we get that refilling, it allows us to continue the path that God has for us to share his gospel to others for encouragement also. And it's with this final verse that as I'm closing, that helps us see this, that it's not just when you see that times when you fill a cup up and you see how high, how much you can fill the vessel, the cup up with water or a drink. 
you get it to that brim. And sometimes you just get a few little bit more to see how much it will go over the top without overflowing. But sometimes that's what God wants from us. He wants to pour out on us abundantly more so that it overflows just as he did, just as he had Moses do when he anointed Aaron. He poured that oil again, going back to the Holy Spirit as the oil. He poured that oil over Aaron, you know, signifying that he was the anointed priest for Israel. And it said it overflowed down his his hat, his head, down his beard, down his garments to his feet. You know, and that's how the Holy Spirit wants to be in us. Not just that part of feeling good, but it's overflowing in joy and, and happiness that we we don't feel like we have to share the gospel, but we are encouraged in that we want to share the gospel because we have that energy, that fire, that passion. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And that's the encouragement through all this is that as you are that vessel, it's pressing down, it's getting that last bit of space into the vessel that we are. You know, when you you've seen the analogy of the the marbles, the different size marbles or stones that are put into a, a vessel. If you put all the big ones in first, it it only goes so far. But here's the thing, you put these these larger ones in. And you kind of shake it around. And only a few may go into that jar. But then you get the smaller ones. And you fill them in. Now you shake it around. You move it around so they kind of can get in between those cracks and crevices and fill in the gap. But in the end, you take the sand and you pour it in to that vessel. And it fills in every last bit of that empty space that is in between the larger, the medium, and the small stones or marbles or whatever it is. And it it just fills up entire vessel. Because if you just started out with the sand and then you tried to put the marbles, the same amount of marbles of the different sizes as before, there would be no room. But if you do it the right way, the proper order, you get everything in there and it's all working together. And that's what the Holy Spirit in us is. It's it's us all working together as that vessel. Because again, it's not the vessel that's getting the honor and the glory, but is that living water of the Holy Spirit that is flowing through us, that is getting bringing that glory and honor back to Jesus that died for us, that he shed his blood for you and me. And that through all that, the glory and honor goes back to our father in heaven who loves us and cares for us and placed his son in that position to die for us. That when he ascended, then he sent that comforter of the Holy Spirit that as we said before, he will pour out those things in our lives that we can do greater things than he did. And we can read about all the miracles that he performed. So it's not saying that they were limited to him or to the early church. Those same gifts are available to us. 
we just have to be that willing vessel and we have to be that full vessel, not of pride, not of jealousy, of envy, but of knowing that what we carry is of value, more valuable than what the vessel is. So I want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the 318 Project. And guys, I just appreciate all that you do to take the time to listen to these episodes. And again, as always, if you can continue to like this podcast, subscribe to it. Again, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those. uh, Even recently found out it's on Pandora now. So if you go looking for it on, on any of those platforms, it is on there. And if you can, take the time to share it with someone. Maybe they need that time of encouragement as well. And I want to see that this is being a blessing, not just for me, but to others as well. And again, as always, I want you to have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for joining on this adventure of integrity and honor in godly masculinity. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with other men. And remember to keep building faithful men.